Hello, and welcome back to Global Supply Chain Week. My name is Mark Solomon. I'm a senior writer at FreightWaves. We are joined today by Britton Ladd. Britton is a globally recognized expert on logistics and supply chain management strategies and practices. Uh, he has advised a number of global firms on the industry and on the discipline. He is also a former executive at Amazon.com, where he designed strategies to support Amazon's expansion into the third-party logistics business. Uh, Britton left Amazon to start his own practice. Britton, uh, thanks for joining us. Nice. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, the basic topic of this conversation is micro-fulfillment strategies, but I'd like to... Um, start with something a little off topic. Uh, you recently posted an item on LinkedIn regarding your former employer saying that Amazon is looking to build autonomous electric cargo ships. Uh, how accurate is the information you're receiving and, and how far along is Amazon in, in making this project a reality? The reason why that I posted it is, as I stated in the link uh, on LinkedIn, my first job at Amazon was designing designing strategies for Amazon to become a third-party logistics company as part of my research. Certainly, ocean shipping was a major aspect of the logistics network globally. And I simply was trying to come up with an idea of what would be the one thing Amazon could do that would just be game-changing, completely different. And it just so happened that I had read an article on Tesla that morning. And so I said, well, if Tesla can make electric cars and eventually make them autonomous, why can't Amazon make electri uh, electric cargo, uh, cargo vessels and make them autonomous? So I simply developed out the idea. I wrote a few papers on it and then simply put it in with other ideas that I created when I was at Amazon. And then I switched over to running uh, Amazon Fresh for Amazon. And then I left to start my own practice. And over the years, I hadn't heard anything about the idea until about six months ago when a company reached out to me uh, that does that is a partner of Amazon and some individuals, some associates inside Amazon reached out to me and they said, hey, it's really interesting this idea you came up with for autonomous ships that are electrically up, uh, that are electrically powered. And I said, yes, yeah, so here's why I created it. I answered a few of their questions. I didn't hear anything. And then about a month and a half ago, I had some other individuals contact me. So they did not, not one person has said, we are doing this. But simply based on all of the questions, they asked me about how could we do certain things? What would be the value um, to Amazon? What's the best way to market if Amazon did have autonomous ships? That's what really led me to believe. I honestly think this is happening now. I think that Amazon's going to have a goal of trying to turn this into a reality. By around 2025, it also matches some other things I had designed for Amazon that are supposed to happen around 2025. And so I do believe that this is a program Amazon is pursuing. I won't be surprised if Amazon turns it into a reality. But for the record, I do not have any documents or anything that says Amazon autonomous shipping program or anything like that. I came to this conclusion based on all the questions I've received over about the last six months on the topic. That's why I think it's going to become a reality. Let's approach the micro-fulfillment subject. First off, can you explain what micro-fulfillment is and what value it, it adds to a company's enterprise? 
the easiest way to describe microfulfillment is this. Imagine if in front of you that you're holding your hand as you're holding a Rubik's Cube. And imagine each cube inside that Rubik's Cube holds inventory. And on top of the Rubik's Cube are little robots that can go backward, forward, side to side, and so forth. And the robots can reach inside each of the cubes in the Rubik's Cube and pull out inventory, a product. Meat, milk, eggs, tennis shoes, apparel, all kinds of product. Put it into a separate robot. And then that order gets sent through the system to a control station. And then that becomes an individual order. Well, what I just described is an example of what's called a cube-based micro-fulfillment solution that can fit in about a 10,000-square-foot facility. Usually, a micro-fulfillment center is between 10 to 25,000 square feet. And what is happening is that robotic systems are being leveraged to automate the process of picking product to fulfill an online order. Today, almost all online orders, frankly, are fulfilled manually, especially online grocery orders, rapid grocery delivery orders. That's all done manually. And so a best practice that companies are starting to discover is that if we apply micro-fulfillment, basically we can install a micro-fulfillment center to help us automate most, if not all, of the process. What we're able to do is significantly reduce our labor costs, but greatly increase the speed of delivery to the customer. And that's why so many large companies from Walmart and Amazon, HEB, Macy's, and so on, are all in the process of exploring the use of micro-fulfillment centers. As a follow-up question, relating to best practices, what should companies avoid as they develop and execute a micro-fulfillment program? Well, the first thing that companies need to understand is that micro-fulfillment is not technology you buy and install. Micro-fulfillment is really a strategy. And it's a strategy to help the company grow. It's a strategy to help serve the needs of customers. So the first thing I recommend to all companies that have an interest in micro-fulfillment is first and foremost, identify what's the optimal strategy for you as a company. And once you do that, what you identify is how many micro-fulfillment centers do you need? How large should they be? What products should be put inside the micro-fulfillment center? How, uh, you know, where are you going to put these facilities? Are they going to be inside a store, connected to a store? Is it going to be a standalone operation? And so the thing that I say to companies you want to avoid most is assume that you can assign a few people internally in the company, even though they have no experience in this topic, and simply say to them, okay, go find us a micro-fulfillment solution. That's absolutely the worst thing that a company can do. You really want to reach out and talk to experts. There are lots of companies you can contact. The big four consulting firms, there's a man named Mark Wolfrat that I think does a great job in providing consulting much better than me. And I really admire Mark. I think Mark's really a great expert for companies to speak with. So the main thing companies need to avoid is assume you can do this on your own and take the time and effort to talk to people who've been through it, who know the industry, and can really make sure they devise the right strategy. Britain, looking out a few years, will the entire supply chain migrate to a micro-fulfillment model? Well, actually, it's not that you would say, will the entire supply chain migrate to the model? What's a better way to state is that within the supply chain, globally, there will be micro-fulfillment solutions. And the reason for that is they're a great addition 
to helping companies now take advantage of the change in consumer behavior. Consumers today really want things fast. They really have an interest in instant gratification. So by installing micro-fulfillment centers surgically throughout the supply chain, it will allow companies to meet that demand, and it will allow retailers to have a better way to fulfill the needs of customers and do so, and do so cost-effectively. So I don't want to give the impression that the entire supply chain is going to become a big micro-fulfillment center. It's not. But absolutely, on a global basis, I am already seeing micro-fulfillment centers being introduced. Many of them are manual, some of them are automated, and others are experimenting with a, diff with a combination of mobile robots, uh, 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 autonomous vehicles, and other things as well. So by 2030, all of this, everything related to micro-fulfillment will be standardized, will become standard practice, I should say, throughout supply chains globally, and that's a guarantee. Do the traditional brick and mortar stores have a role to play in micro-fulfillment strategies? Oh, 100%. So a few years ago, I wrote an article, and what I stated is that physical stores need to turn their stores into a big vending machine. And what I meant by the article is that physical stores can take advantage of micro-fulfillment centers by installing them inside their stores or attaching them next to their stores. So that customers can place orders 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when the store is closed. The micro-fulfillment system has inventory inside of it. And physical stores now have the ability to fulfill orders in just a matter of a few minutes and give the customer the ability to drive over to a pickup window at two in the morning and pick up the product they ordered. Or if the order could be fulfilled and the customer can say, I'd like to have a gig worker go over and pick it up and bring it to me. But what's happening is that, as I've explained to physical retailers, especially in the U.S., you need to get away from the model where you're fulfilling e-commerce orders from distribution centers located in another state or located, you know, hundreds of miles away from where a store is at, and instead invest in the micro-fulfillment technology, attach it to a store. Macy's, for example, easily can install a micro-fulfillment center inside their store or next to the store. Walmart is already going to do this with a company called Alert Innovation. I think Alert Innovation is arguably the best micro-fulfillment system on the market. So these stores are, in essence, going to turn their stores into big vending machines where they're leveraging technology to give consumers the ability to place orders 24-7, 365 days a year. But the big value to the stores is that they're generating income. They're generating revenue from every order they fulfill. The order is not being fulfilled from, um, from a warehouse or a fulfillment center anymore. And this absolutely is going to become standard practice to the point where new construction is including micro-fulfillment centers. Amazon, for example, some of the stores they're building are having built-in micro-fulfillment centers so that they immediately can start doing this service. Are Europe and Asia ahead of the U.S. in adopting micro-fulfillment models and developing them, executing them? I would say certainly Asia is. Um, you know, Alibaba, JD.com, they've really come up with some great, great capabilities in robotics. They're really leading in this space. Certainly Europe is doing a great job. They're leveraging more uh, vending machine capabilities. They're leveraging a lot of manually operated micro-fulfillment centers, and then they're going back and retrofitting them with technology. 
So yes, I'd say Asia's ahead, Europe's ahead, but the gap isn't so great that the United States isn't going to quickly catch up and eventually pass them. So even in Latin America, for example, I have clients I'm working with in Brazil, where we are opening up dark stores, micro-fulfillment centers that are manual now, but within six months, some of them are going to start having technology inside. So this is something that's expanding globally, but I really wouldn't say that there's one region of the globe that has a drastic um, advantage over the others. How long will it take to automate the entire process? Right now, people take goods from micro-fulfillment centers to people's homes. Uh, Are we reaching a, a point in time where autonomous vehicles will replace people in that segment of the process? Uh, that's already happening. It will not be 2030. So I've, I have been an advisor to a company called Robomart. Robomart is, has these vans that basically a person can hail using an app that comes to their home. On the van are groceries. And it's like an Uber. It's like hailing an Uber, but the Uber comes to you and it brings you food. And there are different Uber vehicles or different Robomart vehicles that would have fruits, vegetables, snack foods, and so on. And so the vehicle today is driven by human, but all these companies, Uber is doing this, Robomart is doing this. They've already developed models where one is teleoperated, a team of people driving the vehicle actually are sitting in Mexico, and then the other one is an autonomous vehicle. So we're going to go through the process of having vans driven by humans. Then it will be vans driven, teleoperated, where someone is driving the van, but they're not sitting in the vehicle. They just simply have an act. They have a view 360 degrees around the van and they control the van. And then it will be that it becomes an autonomous vehicle in specific regions of different cities. Cities are beginning to understand the technology. They're going to adopt it. But will it take to 2030? No, this is one of those things that I'm already seeing uh, take off. And I'm working with a company called Tortoise, for example, where we're delivering things today using teleoperated uh, robotic carts. And fairly soon, those are going to migrate into being autonomous vehicles. So this is something already happening. And it's one of the things that we'll see accelerate over over the next two to three years. Within three years, this will become commonplace in many cities in the U.S. Uh, With the amount of time we have left, I'd like to touch briefly on the e-grocery business, which seems to be the the prototype for micro-fulfillment strategies. Can you describe how the e-grocery business plays into the model and why it is such a popular area for deployment of micro-fulfillment strategies? Certainly, we have about 12 to 15% of all grocery sales today are online. Most analysts believe that by 2025, the number will be around 20%, maybe up to 22, 23% of all groceries sold will be online. Then we have today companies that are rapid grocery delivery companies that have started to, to offer grocery delivery in 10 to 15 minutes. That's starting to take off and that's certainly having an impact. And then you have the grocery retailers that are all exploring the use of micro-fulfillment centers to how can they install micro-fulfillment centers inside their stores as standalone as a standalone service or attached to a store to where grocery retailers leverage micro-fulfillment to fill the orders. 
What this is doing is making it easier for retailers to offer groceries, but be able to offer groceries and increase their margins and reduce the cost and complexity. So growth in grocery is going to continue. It's an absolutely massive investment for Amazon. Amazon hired an individual recently away from Tesco. He is going to be uh, managing all of Amazon's stores. So I'm expecting some interesting things there from Amazon. Amazon really is the company everyone's watching in the grocery industry. Amazon will be leveraging micro-fulfillment. Amazon is going to be moving to autonomous vehicles. So I really say to consumers, the growth in grocery is going to continue, certainly. But what you're really going to see is the introduction of new technologies, eventually even drones that will be used to make deliveries. The problem is this. Drones are nothing more than flying leaf blowers. They make a lot of noise. A lot of homeowners associations won't approve them. A lot of city governments won't approve drones. So I'm not looking for a lot of drone usage, but I certainly do believe we're going to see a lot of autonomous vehicles, teleoperated vehicles, uh, autonomous and teleoperated delivery carts, things like that. And certainly, you know, vehicles like RoboMart and the Ubers that say we can deliver groceries to you because they're already on our vehicles. It's a very, very interesting time for the grocery industry. With that, I thank you for your time, Britton. Um, my name is Mark Solomon. I'm senior writer with Freightways, and thank you for watching, and have a good day.